In this episode, we chat with Susan Smith. Susan is our core knowledge licensed professional for our preschool program. Susan and I talk about the importance of preschool in general and how the core knowledge preschool sequence can even work for schools that don't use core knowledge in later grades. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Building Knowledge Podcast. Today, I have with me one of my favorite people in the whole world, and I really, really mean it. Um, Her name is Susan Smith, and Susan um, comes to us from Arkansas. Susan's been involved with the Cornellage Foundation for a long time. Um, she helped with the CKLA pilot, but she started with us when our preschool program was created. Um, and we worked a lot with Head Start down in Arkansas. And so we were so lucky to be able to bring Susan in on that. And I have her on today to actually talk about our preschool program and her experience with it. Susan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about the preschool. So the first thing I want to do is have you tell a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I live in Little Rock, um, Arkansas. Um, I have a bachelor's and a master's degree in elementary ed, and I have uh, administrator's uh, certification Um, I taught kindergarten for 10 years. I taught second grade for 17. And during that time, I was also teaching at the University of Arkansas Monticello. Um, And then one of the professors at the university who was mentoring for the Core Knowledge Preschool came up and told me there's an opening for a coordinator for the Walton Preschool Grant. And I applied for it, and Linda Bevilacqua was over the preschool then, and she came down and interviewed me, and I got the job, and I was thrilled. We ended up with over 120 uh, preschools, and it was in the eastern one half, the eastern third of the state from north to south is where all the preschools were, which is commonly known as the Arkansas Delta. Um I had I trained in three different cycles and mentored, and we had so many. We had other people hired also to do the mentoring. And then I was um, the pilot coordinator for the CKLA. Uh, my job was to go around to our 10 pilot schools, uh, starting out in kindergarten, and getting feedback from the teachers, what works, what doesn't work. Uh, suggestions, and then I would bring it back to the foundation and uh, updates would be done if we thought they were good suggestions. And many, many of them uh, were good suggestions. Um, I helped to train teachers with the CKLA, um, and I I loved it. I I still do. Uh, Several of the uh, schools that I trained uh, where I trained are still in contact with me and they'll ask questions. And so that's encouraging to know that they're um, they're still doing it. At the present time, I'm a licensed professional for the Core Knowledge Foundation, which uh, I am the preschool trainer uh, for Core Knowledge. So um, I get to 
I get the best of both worlds because I get to go into the classrooms. I have classrooms in South Arkansas that still have me come down, uh, actually going in two weeks, um, that have been doing this for 20 years when we first trained them. And that feels good to my heart to know that after this long, they're still doing uh, the preschool program. Uh, so I go down there a lot of times, train new staff. And um, the fun thing is, is if I haven't been in a while, uh, the teachers actually ask the director, can Susan come down and help us? And that makes me that makes me really, really happy. So that's kind of where I am. You know, it's funny because I was just talking with uh, Linda Bevilacqua, our president, um, not that long ago. And she actually, you know, created the preschool program and she would go down to Arkansas all the time. And she mentioned that the person that was the program director at the time um, for the Walton Foundation, that he told her when the, you all finished, um, you know, do, working with all of the Head Starts, that that was the best money that the Walton Foundation had ever spent. Whoa. And I think it's so true because getting students at that age to start building, you know, th their preschool programs around uh, core knowledge. I, I truly believe that probably is still the best money that the Walton well, Foundation. I, and I, you spent. know, because we were in private schools, we were in Head Starts, we were in public school programs, and you have to really know the Arkansas Delta. Um, there are communities that have nothing, very, very poor area. And not all, but the majority, um, and which is why the Waltons wanted to put this in. And I have talked to kindergarten teachers uh, at the same schools. And they say, Susan, we can tell the difference from the ones that have gone through uh, core knowledge. So, yeah, it's, you know, it has been that the Waltons were just wonderful to us. They and they they knew each year we did testing. So they would know if the program was working and we didn't do it. We hired, you know, outside people to do it. So it was a wonderful, a wonderful thing. It it, it was such an amazing uh, program that they, that you guys were able to start there. So you, you mentioned just a little bit about how you first got involved with Core Knowledge and the preschool program. But can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, um, I was actually directing a preschool program. Uh, I was living in the southern part of the state. I was actually directing a program and also uh, teaching at the university. And I was invited to a meeting uh, with Linda Bevelock. We did not know her uh, to hear about the program to see if we would like to participate. And I was in a very, very low socioeconomic school. And at the time, the superintendent was not really a preschool person. And he said, no, um, we don't need to deal with that. There's no reason for you to go find out about it. Well, that didn't stop me. <laughs> so I did some checking on it. And that's when I found uh, Dr. Jones met me um, at the park across from my school and I got information from him on it and I I fell in love with it before I ever even talked to Linda after I looked at the material because it was all my philosophies on uh sounds um and and I have a I have a 
just turned five-year-old grandson, and he's doing the exact same thing as a preschool four. He's in the preschool four class. They're doing the same thing, and it's exciting to me to watch him uh, do this. So that's really how I got started is um, through Dr. Jones referring me to Linda. And I remember Linda coming down and observe, uh, uh, interviewing me, and she may or may not remember this, but she said at the end of the interview, she said, okay, I'm going to ask you one question. What is developmentally appropriate? She said, this is going to determine if you get the job. I said, well, do you want me to tell you what the books say or what I feel? And she said, well, I want to know what you feel. I said, well, what is developmentally appropriate for this child of four years old may not be appropriate for this four-year-old. She said, when can you start? <laughs> and so, you know, it was just, um, it was just kind of like a match made in heaven. She absolutely, she and Cornelis changed my life. Absolutely. You mentioned about that you fell in love with the with the program, and I did too. Um, and and Susan and I have talked before. My my mom was a preschool teacher, and it was funny when I first was introduced to this. I'm like, oh my gosh, this was the same thing that my mom did, you know, over 20 years ago. And it's just because it's just best practice. Yeah. So much of it, it just it just makes total sense. So, what would you say is the, that you feel is the greatest strength of the program? It's hard to pinpoint one, but I think that the the main thing, and, and this doesn't have anything to do actually with what is taught, well, I guess it does. Any, and I'm asked this several times about principles. What will it do? Will it with since we're not using core knowledge in our kindergarten, it doesn't matter. The Core Knowledge Preschool Program will fit in any elementary program. It, it matters not. You don't have to be doing Core Knowledge in kindergarten, first, second, third grade. I think that's one of the great beauties of it, because as you said, it is best practice. I think another strength is we do not come in, which teachers automatically think we will. We're not going to come in and change your day. We're not coming in and change your world. We're going to show you how to pump core knowledge into your day. That eases the stress of the teachers because it's usually, oh, somebody else is coming in here, something else new. But when they realize she's not going to completely turn my day upside down, that's another strength. Um, the scaffolding, I guess that's my favorite part of the curriculum in that so many times teachers don't scaffold. And I can give that example of in a school at, uh, in South Arkansas, uh, observing small groups, and they were doing matching of objects and numbers. And there were about 15 or 20 numbers and 15 or 20 objects, and the kids couldn't do it. Well, she had never done just two or three, you know, scaffolding uh, the, the number of objects that you do, you know, start with one thing. One of the activities that she used to do is show me the red thin square. This too much. Show me the red one. Do you know? Do the colors first, or do the shapes? So we teach in the trainings how to scaffold and how to not have too many variables in their teaching. 
And I think on the sounds and the letters, and it it really coincides with the CKLA. Uh, so many activities in the phonological awareness of zeroing in on sounds. Uh, when they get to kindergarten, if this program, this is a big strength. If this program has been implemented 100%, they're going to be able to read when they first start. Uh, we did a we did a testing at one point in the Delta, and we didn't only test the kids, but we evaluated the teachers on degree of implementation. And I, it, it was just even all the way down. The greater degree of implementation of the teaching of the scaff, the scaffolding of the sounds and the other content, there, there was no comparison. Those children scored the highest. So teachers don't, that's not taught in college how to scaffold different, uh, different areas of numbers. Um, my, my grandson was in a different preschool program last year and he brought home a ton of letters. It was the first day they were introduced to him. There were probably 15 or 20 and he was in tears. He, I don't know them all. I said, no, and you're not going to. We're going to pull it and we're going to work on two or three at a time. Now he brings home one sight word a day and we work on that one and add to the other. That's something that core knowledge is a huge strength. Not only do we do it, but in the trainings, you're going to know how to do it um, because it's not a lecture type training. You know, I, we model it, you know, we model it for them. Um, so I think that's a, a really, really good um Strength and then weaving into the program, teachers, you know, showing them how to. I guess the expression is kill two birds with one stone on calendar time. They do calendar time every day. Well, there are tons of things that they can do with calendar time that will pull in some of the skills their state requires. So, why not take advantage of that? So, they're taught that during training, but um. I, ju I just think the whole thing together uh, is the, the some of the strengths because there's there's too many to name. I mean, it. I have teachers that call me, and especially these schools that have been doing this for twenty years. The principal is a friend of mine, and she said, "Susan, our kindergarten teachers say I've never seen anything like it. It's a Drew Central." Uh, she said, "They're ready." She said they are absolutely ready. So you can tell I love it. <laughs> and I agree. There's like just so many different things. And to your point, like learning about just scaffolding, learning about like work smarter, not harder. That's these, it. That's these it. Are things that you don't learn necessarily in any kind of teacher preparation program. So if we're able to do that within, these different um, trainings that you're doing that that helps the students and it helps the teachers. Oh, oh big time, big oh. time. Well, you know, I can give another example, um, and I, and I refer to these because I go there all the time. Um, reading a long story to the kids, a long read aloud. So I finally convinced them. Let's go back to nursery rhymes. A nursery rhyme is a short story. I can ask a gazillion questions, comprehension questions, 
and they don't have to remember but about six or eight lines of the story to be able to comprehend it. So start small and then build up because by then, and she didn't understand, you know, the kids are going to be all over the place. And what she said, Susan, the the degree of their participation and their behavior is so different. And I said, well, their little minds can't hold that much at this point. So start with the nursery rhyme. And plus, there's so much you can teach with nursery rhymes, compound words and blending and, you know, everything. So just start small and then work up. But they're, they they are taught how to do that uh, at the trainings. And, and they're very uh, accepting of it. No, so since you you do all of our core knowledge preschool training because you are the, our preschool person, um, I'm really interested to know how you have seen the program used effectively across the country because you talked about like we aren't asking you to change your world. We're we're saying put this into some of the things you're already doing. Right. So how have I seen it used effectively? Um. This is not just in South Arkansas. This is several states that I've had the opportunity to go to multiple times. Uh, New Mexico, for one. Um, seeing seeing how they put together their own core knowledge plan once training is over, and they put it, they write it into their, this was very, very, I've never seen it done anywhere else. This particular school wrote the core knowledge uh, skills and best practices and ways to do everything into their curriculum. So when they had new staff come in, if they haven't had the training, they know where to put it. This school spent an awful lot of time doing this. It was a head start. And, um, it was so effective because um, we don't give you, there's not a guide. That's the first thing they ask about. Where's the guide? Well, there's not a guide for the regular, pre. there is for CKLA, but for the regular core knowledge, that's not. And that's the beauty of it, you know. So seeing how they could go from, Susan, we can't do this without a guide, to being able to say, oh, man, this is in our, this is in our regular schedule. You know, we are able to know when do I do this? How long do I do this? And and I made a calendar for, for that, for some of the schools to know when to introduce what, how long to do it, how many times. But that particular school really, <clears throat> really um, implemented this in a way I'd not seen. Um, in one of the schools, I think it was... Um, this one may have been in, uh, I can't remember where it was, but I want to check here. Um, they did a, what do you call it? Well, a Zoom training because it was during COVID. And the next time I talked with the principal, she said they have decided that they're going to take this. Okay, this is what you're going to have to edit out because I'm, I'm bum-fuzzled. That's how I'm trying to say this. I know what I want to say, <laughs> but I can't say it. Um, I guess, let me see. Let me find it. I lost it. Okay. How it's been used effectively in the different schools that are half-day and full-day. Because we have a whole lot of half-day 
programs. Uh, most of them are private. All the public schools are uh, public or uh, full day. Um, they could not work in everything we gave them. So what they did is they found the minutes to be able to do this. They found the minutes. They would take things off. One teacher in particular, they did serve lunch. One teacher in particular said, they're going to bring lunch to us now. It saves us a good 15 minutes, and we can put in the nursery rhyme component now. So using, they want to be able to use the whole program in a half a day. And you can. Uh, obviously, a full day is going to be better, but you can you can do it. Um, a lot of the uh, the reason that it works is the coaching or mentoring. So the schools that have their their director, <clears throat> their director at the training for every single bit of the training, and it that's the person that's going to observe them. Mentoring or coaching is the key to this whole thing. It's just like when we had our grant. We visited teachers twice a month. Uh, sometimes they knew when it was. Sometimes they didn't. But being able to go into the classroom and say, well, I, I say glow and grow. I'm from way in the past. <laughs> um, here's what you did right. Here's what we could improve on. That way, the teachers are accountable for it because they know, you know, she's going to help me with the things I can't do. There are several schools, uh, one of them head of the class, that have someone that comes in and they know core knowledge frontwards and backwards. And I think you've probably done a podcast with her. Um, she goes in and she's going to she's going to help them, which makes the program more effective because they they get the help from someone who really knows what they're doing. Uh, several times uh, they will call me and say, can you start coming down once a month? Uh, so it, I, I get excited knowing that they want to put the program in, but they also want to hold the teachers accountable. But just tiny little workshops, some of them will you know, have a, a questionnaire to the teachers. And this was a really good one. They give a questionnaire to the teachers. What's stopping you from being able to do this particular thing? What is it you'd like more information in? All schools don't do that. And then they would either call me or anyone to come in and do a real quick one or two hour overview of the part of the piece that the teachers need more information. That's making the program more effective. Is that kind of what you're talking about? No, absolutely. Because I think uh, people have a tendency at, at, at sometimes to think like preschool is like a totally different animal, which is, which it is in some ways, but in other ways, like just best practices on how to support teachers with instruction is yep. the same. I mean, it's still, it's still making sure that they're, they have a coach and a mentor, making, making sure that it's okay, that it's okay not to know some things, but we're going to give you experts that you can reach out to for support. Um, and just like with everything with core knowledge, there is a learning curve. It's different than what most people are used to. So um, just getting to be able to 
learn and like you said, glow and grow, uh, just grow more in the program every year, I think is so, so important. Yeah, I think you're right because many times teachers think it's not good if I don't know something. And if they're like me, I didn't learn to read using sounds. Mine was all sight words when I was growing up. And a lot of the teachers, they they don't know the different sounds and how, how to blend words. And it's, you know, to let them know it is okay, you know, but that's what we're here for is to is to keep, you know, keep you informed of everything. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you suggest to <laughs> a school that wanted to get started with Cornellage Preschool? I think the first thing I would tell them was read about it. Look at the goals, look at the objectives, look at the skills that are in the in the uh preschool sequence. This has been uh, correlated with many, many, many state uh, uh, benchmarks. And core knowledge for everyone that I've ever correlated, core knowledge goes over and beyond most state um, standards, and they're more specific. So look at them. Take your state standards. Look over and see, does it does it match it? Because I believe it will. Um And look and see, is it, you know, read about the trainings, read about um, what it is that is expected, just the outcomes, but just fill your head with as much information as you can. And then, you know, one thing, and I, you know, I think anybody would be willing to do this, have your teachers do the same thing to, you know, have a, have a get together um have them come up with some questions what about this what about this and pose that to us and we can help answer those questions before they get started because you want them to buy into it you know instead of just going in with something else and then start out going through the getting started training the getting started training is a must because it explains the concept of core knowledge the background of core knowledge and a full day is modeled from the time they walk in the room to sign in because we even have our own sign in that probably brings in 10 or 12 different um, skills that a preschooler is supposed to know uh, that you don't think about. It's not just put your name in there and, and go on. And it it doesn't take time for the teacher. Once the kids learn how to do it, they do it. Let them go through that getting started training and learn the process of the day. And then schedule a time after that training and after they have taught this for a couple of months to get back with whoever trained them just by phone and with your questions and your concerns. That has always been good for me. I've always we've done uh, just people on the phone together, you know, just speaker. Uh, Susan, this didn't work or this didn't work and make them feel real comfortable. if you're, you, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to meet with your kindergarten teachers. Let them know what you're, what you're doing. Uh, again, it doesn't, you don't have to have core knowledge in kindergarten, but those kindergarten teachers would love to know the amount you're doing with pre-reading and literacy. 
and then think about the other trainings. Um, to me, getting started, and if reading uh, is a, a priority, which I'm sure it is for kindergarten, and you're really wanting these kids ready to read, then do your phonological awareness training next. Other trainings are children's literature, uh, math. Uh, there's many more, but those are your core um, trainings. And a lot of this, buy the preschool sequence book. That can answer so many questions. You can find a skill and it'll give you an idea. Um, and if you, you know, you check some states, uh, someone listening now from one of the states that it's been correlated, you might can find out if we've already correlated preschool to your state standards. So that's what I do. I familiarize myself with it and then I go for it. I think that that's the best advice. Go for it because yeah. it, it you have you have to try it and I and I'm going to put a link to the preschool sequence so people can see exactly it it's different and it's laid out a little bit different than our K8 sequence um but y'all need to look at it um and decide but I think if, if you're even contemplating changing whatever your current preschool program is, or if you're thinking about adding a preschool program to your school, whether you're a Cornell school or not, just right. get it right in. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I, I actually have never, um, like I say, I had 130 preschools when I did the Arkansas Delta and then the ones that I've trained around the country. I've never had anyone tell me that they did not like it. Never. Um, it's always been positive. Um, and, oh, this is so neat. I never thought, you know, to do this. Um, so it's, you know, it's it's a win-win for teachers and the kids. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Susan. You know how much we love you at the foundation. And we're well, really y'all are my family. So <laughs> thank you for having me. Thanks. All right. <laughs>